Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. University-level bass clubs have come on strong in the last decade or so, and I'm still down in Mississippi. You've been hearing from Mississippi for a week and a half now, but I'm with Matthew Nichols, and Matthew is on a Delta State Bass Club. And Matthew, you're a junior this year? Yes, sir, I am. I'm a junior wildlife management major at Delta State University. What are you going to do with that big degree once you get it in your hand? Uh, hopefully I can take that degree and go out in the field and work with some departments or, you know, the USDA or Something big like that, hopefully. Oh <laughs> uh, well, hey. Uh, most usually, I hear people say, "Well, I want to be a biologist with a wildlife department." You mentioned USDA; uh, they're pretty large. Yeah, they're they're a big, you know, federal job. If I were to land something like that. Well, uh, hey, all you got to do is work hard, study hard, and uh, good things come about, man. Exactly. That's, um, that's the goal. You betcha. I was in uh, college in the late 60s and 70s and did a little time in the military and come out and landed a job as a park superintendent and stayed in the field for several years. But I went a little different direction, but still worked. Uh, I found a niche in uh, in the hunting and fishing industry and did radio programs. I've written for golly, everybody from Outdoor Life down to my local newspaper, you know. Right. And just uh, winding that career down, I'm 72 years old. Maybe you can take my place. <laughs> Hopefully so. Maybe I can take it and run with it. <laughs> there you go. Well, I've actually worked in the Yucatan for the last eight years and been about three years looking for somebody to take my my place. Uh, I worked three years for the Mexican government, the uh, Campeche State Tourism Commission, and all I did was a cool job, <laughs> run rider trips down. They would... Um, pay all of our expenses and we'd go hunt and fish and explore the Yucatan come back write about it videos and that sort of thing wow, really cool awesome. job well all all things good things coming in you know everything has a life to it it's exactly. not going to be forever yeah. uh, but when I didn't end I went to work for private outfitters and still doing so <laughs> headed down in April for a couple of weeks going to be in a jungle camp hunting oscillated turkeys Turkish for a week, about 20 miles from Guatemala, and the second week going to be on the coast chasing tarpon with a fly rod. Well, it's hard to beat that. <laughs> it's not a bad gig. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> if you ever get a hold for tarpon, you'll forget about bass. No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> but great times. But, Matthew, I want to know more about about you. Did you grow up in the outdoors? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've pretty much grown up hunting and fishing in Mississippi. I, I was born in South Mississippi near Macomb, and um, I kind of just – you know, every day I wasn't in school. Sometimes I'd skip school. I'd be out there fishing, <laughs> fishing on a lake in the summer. If it was wintertime, I was hunting something. Well, <laughs> I'm going to caution about that because I had a good buddy in, in college in uh, north of Columbia, Missouri. There used to be a big goose hunting refuge up there, and this boy had rented a goose pit. He loved a waterfowl hunt. And he failed a three-hour course his last semester because he goose hunted too much. <laughs> and he never finished his degree. Oh, man. No. Yeah, three hours short. And he got a good job and just didn't look back. <laughs> so, so you got to be careful. One of the things about the uh, how school is now since the pandemic has been going is we've been able to 
do online classes. Oh, Zoom. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, if you got good service, it don't matter where you're at. You uh, don't have to show your face. <laughs> hey, exactly right. You, hey, you guys got a gross advantage there. I'm not sure that's fair. <laughs> as long as you're actively in the class, it don't matter where you're at. <laughs> All right now, I, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm really gonna make you feel ill now. Listen to this job. A friend of mine, Brandon Butler, is his name. He's a competitor of mine. He. He's got a super one of the best podcasts going in the in the country. He's a real go getter, but uh, Brandon came out of Indiana and had a degree in uh, something to do with park recreation and wildlife. And he went through several jobs in a hurry. But I met him through the Missouri Outdoor Communicators, and the way we met was uh, we had an auction for a scholarship program, and I was bidding on a duck decoy, and he came up and was rather rude to me, just more or less said. Well, old man, won't you quit bidding on that so I can get it, you know? And I, I never seen four in my life. And I said, well, dude, if you get it, you're going to pay for it. You know, That's how we started. And we are best of friends now. But Brandon quickly became the uh, director of our Missouri Conservation Federation, which has been around since the 1930s. Wow. And he led them to new heights very quickly. He's very aggressive. He could sell anything. And Brandon... Uh, Moved on from that job and is now the uh, public relation uh, dir- uh, director for Roseline Alternative Energy Agriculture. North Missouri, a very wealthy man, bought up uh, several hog farms, and they're they're innovators. They're sucking methane gas off of hog manure, wow. shipping it to California, getting lots of carbon credits and that sort of thing. Hmm. Brandon made the same statement you did, and he, he even did this for the Conservation Federation. He said, I can run this organi- organization from any place in the world. Wow. And he spent about two days in the office, and he was running around hunting and fishing, having a big time <laughs> going to all the media events. He's still doing that with Raceline, I think. I'm probably telling on him. He probably only works a couple of days a week. <laughs> Tremendous job. He's got his own airplane, and he flies all over the country. A couple of weeks ago, he was in Arizona or New Mexico hunting scale quail or something. Then he went to a meeting, then he's back to Arizona hunting all that sheep. And this guy's a go-getter. Look him up sometime. Uh, That's uh, one of the great benefits of the modern world. You get to have all these great things like technology where you can run an entire business from your house. I know, and I know lots of people are, are doing that. And we're going to have to come up with a little more innovation, I think, to figure out how to uh, we all like to be out in the field, you know, and every young man or young lady that wants to get in the conservation, uh, they want to be out in the field. They won't, don't want to be stuck behind the desk or exactly. as such, you know, so that may be the answer to the whole problem. Exactly. Be mobile. Be mobile. Absolutely. But uh, tell me about your bass fishing club. Okay, so we're a um, Delta State Bass Fishing Club is based out of Cleveland, Mississippi on Delta State's campus. Um, we started this club about a year and a half ago and uh the goal of the club was to offer students like any student adult state uh an opportunity to get outside and fish and you know that that was the ultimate goal where we started and then we looked into the bass fishing a little bit more we're like dang they got flw tournaments and bass master tournaments for college students hey there's even scholarships available exactly. in order. so we started digging into it and looked into it some more and found out that you know we can go fish these uh tournaments with uh you know just students get together find a bass boat and go so yeah. that's what we did we started you know just lining up tournaments with flw <laughs> and uh we uh lined up some tournaments and started going and we ended up i think we fished about five or six tournaments last year with flw college series and um i think we ended up making 
tenth place and qualifying for the. Uh, I think Matt and Jake, Matt Brooks and Jake White qualified uh, on the FLW tournament, and they went to uh, the college FLW championship mm-hmm. last weekend, actually, or last week was when they fished it. Uh, it was really cold up there, though. They, I think half the <laughs> half the lake was froze over, yeah. and uh, I think some local college students uh, kind of put spanking on on that weekend. <laughs> well, that could happen. Uh, the guys that get to fish their home lake got a little bit of an advantage. Yeah, yeah you know? that's 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 how it was, but. We've been slowly, slowly but steadily moving up and growing and building funds and getting the name out there and, you know, just trying to enjoy fishing and make it tournament fishing fun for students like, you know, at Delta sure. State. That's what it's all about. And, and you know yourself being in, involved in uh, conservation education there that, uh, hey, hunting in this country is in trouble. Less than 4% of Americans hunt anymore. Wow. Uh, Fishing participation is quite a bit better than that. But with the pandemic, uh, you know, we did quite well in the outdoor industry. Everybody had lots of time on their hands, and they weren't going to stay cooped up. You know, I I, I represent, do some PR work for a big organization in my locale called Cowtown USA. Uh, They were the largest Evinrude dealer in the Midwest until Evinrude went out of business. Now they're selling Yamaha and Mercury's, I think. <laughs> but they ran out of anything to sell last year. Yeah, I mean, it, it was crazy. I, th- I don't know the exact statistics on it, but I'm like it was like a quadruple the amount of people buying boats, buying fishing gear and everything. Yeah, you couldn't find a kayak or a cooler or anything for a while. But they cleared their boat floor, the UTs and Vs and ATVs. <laughs> I laughed. They actually went to the boss's house. Somebody did and kind of swiped his UTV, sold it right out from under it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't be picker, picky this anymore these days. <laughs> no, if you got something to sell, you got to sell it. But now the stocks are beginning to catch back up. But, you know, we picked up 7 million new gun owners, which is just fabulous. Most of them first-timers. Exactly. So it's, uh, hey, uh, uh we kind of met the challenge, so to speak, because a lot of other industries, uh, boy, were in trouble. And, of course, a lot of outdoor riders we've been, began writing about staycations, stay at home and vacation. And that's what a lot of people did. I know uh, participate well, in our Missouri spring turkey season last year, we picked up 10,000 new turkey hunters, which I wow. think is grand. A lot of people didn't think it was so grand, but we need them. Yeah. Of course, in the state of Missouri, and you might study this principle, we have a one-eighth of one percent sales tax. Everybody pays it. That goes to our Missouri Department of Conservation that generates about $220 million a year for our conservation department. We are one of two states that have it. Arkansas has it, but I don't think it's quite as grand as ours, and ours has been in place for over two decades. And has it ever done wonders for our state? Really? All right. If you're going to be a biologist in any state other than Missouri or <laughs> Arkansas, you're going to deal with the economics. Exactly. A lot of the states out uh, west of the or in all the other states uh, lean on license sales revenue to to fund their departments. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at hunting, has declined in the last 20 years by about 30 percent. So the revenues have dropped, and they're having difficulty replacing people that retire. Exactly. That's gonna, hard. Yeah, that's going to be the future unless the lights come on and they get a sales tax like this, which it costs me probably less than $100 a year yeah. for that sales tax. I mean, it's tiny, one-eighth of 1%, It's a, but it generates Two hundred and twenty million a year uh, it offers collectively. A, it offers a future for the younger generation to go out there and hunt and fish. It, exactly, and and we have some tremendous programs in the state of Missouri. You've probably heard of the Triple R. You know the 
recruit, retain, and reactivate, uh, which is uh, being very successful across the country. But there's uh, actually a roundtable uh, outdoor recreation folks that was formed in Washington, D.C. a couple years ago looking at some new avenues. Uh, there's talk of privatizing parks. It's kind of a comparison. I work for UPS. We always made fun of the post office, you know, because uh, they had to be substituted dies by the government. We always said, turn it over to UPS, they'll be making a profit within a year. <laughs> it's private enterprise. So you're going to see a lot of changes in your lifetime. Yeah, I, no I, kidding. Uh, this year, this honestly, last year and this year is one of the biggest changes I think anybody's ever seen. Our entire future and generation has changed in two years. Oh, I mean. exactly. And, and But, you know, I believe in the United States of America, and I believe in the ingenuity of human people. Uh, and I learned part of that from UPS because they were the last company, delivery company, to go to computers. They believed in the human mind and the human back. Right, yeah. <laughs> and hard he used work. both of them hard. Yes, sir. Hard work gets hard. you somewhere. <laughs> oh, it always does. And uh, I think we're going to have to make some more ad adaptations in the outdoor industry. The people that adapt will survive. The exactly. ones that don't won't make it. No. Nope. Uh, that's the hard Yep. Cruel truth, yes, you know. But with your bass club and all, are most of the kids in it? Are are they uh, are they wildlife majors, or do they come from all? Oh, it's a really you know diverse group of guys that fish in the bass club. We got you know uh, Jake White, which is one of the students, a sophomore this year. He he's a, a business major at there Delta State. And then Matt Brooks is also a business. I think he's a business administration manager uh, major at Delta State. He's a senior this year. Uh -huh. His life goal is to go out there and bass fish. He wants to. <laughs> he wants to make the big leagues. So that's you know, it offered them a great well, opportunity to get started early. Somebody's going to exactly. Somebody's got to. <laughs> somebody's What's, got what to. What are all these big yep. bass companies going to do if we don't got people out there fishing? <laughs> exactly right. Now here's here's one that's probably going to go you blow you away up there's a research organization sorry i can't call the name but uh they're working on outdoor projects all the time with the research stuff you know and this came out uh oh maybe a little less than two years ago but they are advising the outdoor products company to forget about the kids oh man that's rough that's rough <laughs> that really sounds tough and i do a little bit of public speaking and people uh, look like they're going to throw their coffee cups at me, you know, when I start talking <laughs> this kind of stuff. But that's what they're saying, and their target audience are telling outdoor product companies to uh, target college students. Think, think about it. Most of them's got a vehicle. Mm -hmm. They got a lot of money in their pocket. They got friends. They got influence. Yep. We got a lot of free time too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these days. So, yeah, those are the people that are spending money in the, in the outdoors. They're taking friends. They're repeat, repeat, repeat. Perfect target. Yeah. All right. That's not to say that we're going to forget the kids. Yeah. Right. The the manufacturers will not target them so much any anymore. Exactly. Although there's always going to be stuff there for kids, and we know we got to have them. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you know, we're going to run out one of these days. <laughs> no we're, kidding. We got to have them coming up. So there's still lots of programs for them, but the money's going to be made off the 25 to 40 year olds. Yeah. That's that's where the money comes from. That's where it's generated. <laughs> uh, exactly right. So you're going to probably see a lot of that in in uh, your lifetime. Well, okay, so we're bass fishing. We're getting a degree in wildlife management, and you mentioned a couple places that you'd like to go, uh, maybe fields you'd like to or organizations you'd like to work for, but what's your dream job? 
my dream job uh, i don't know that's that's rough <laughs> i don't my grandpa told me when i was starting college he said if you do what you love you'll never work a day in your life that's, that's true what he told me so that's why i pursued the career in uh environmental science wildlife management so because I, I just love being outside i love working with animals so i think ultimately is to work with a uh, agency like the USDA or the U, uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services. Okay. One of those guys. Yeah, I'll tell you a couple of tales, a couple of teasers here. Uh, I'm headed to the Yucatan again. I've worked down there part-time for the last eight years, and uh, a gentleman I, I work with now is a rather wealthy fellow. He's got 123,000 acres leased up in the Yucatan for hunting purposes, got camps deep in the jungle. But he gives back. Jordy uh, Jean uh, has had summer camps for several decades, I guess, where children can go. And I would dare say nobody's ever paid a dime, but he's in the process of building a huge complex. We're working on a huge reforestation project along the coast. And he told me, I talked to him a few weeks ago on the phone, and I've got I've gotten a promotion now. I'm uh, I'm his uh, <laughs> conservation advisor from the United States, and nice. he's he's got a he's got a meeting set up with the commissioner of conservation from the Yucatan, and it's a lady, and they've gotten their heads together. They're going to try to develop some more projects and more outdoor education things, and it it, it kind of spooked me a little bit. I wasn't sure I was really qualified to walk <laughs> into that meeting, you know. Exactly. But when you got yourself prepared you know about networking how mm -hmm. important that is uh through my network of people i was in the deep ozarks recently cleaning up a cabin brandon butler who i mentioned earlier mm -hmm. uh we had a run in with some poachers during deer season they burned the cabin down oh man yeah wow. that that thing has blown up and gone nationwide <laughs> but while i was there a friend of mine, uh, Bill Bryan, who was our immediate past director of state parks, was there. And I know him casually. Bill's a great fella. He walked up and said, you're having a good time in the Yucatan, aren't you? I'm having a great time, but I'm getting old. I'm looking somebody to replace me. He said, I could do that. <laughs> I said, really? Because, I mean, I've had a tough time. So Bill Bryan is going to the Yucatan with me. Wow. I, I said, the worst thing can happen. You just got an all-expense-paid two-week vacation. <laughs> but I said, I have no idea what we're walking into with this meeting, but Bill, of course, knows all the uh, tourism, parks, recreation, wildlife people in all 50 states. So well, he should be well well qualified. He's well <laughs> qualified. He started out in the Kansas City area doing, I think, day camps for kids, programming and all that sort of thing. Wow. And one of his last big accomplishments was state parks. Uh, during his tenure, they picked up four new state parks, and Echo Bluff is one of them, attracting people from worldwide. $65 million spent there. Wow. On one park. That's and crazy. It, it's immaculate. It looked like something had dropped in from outer space. <laughs> uh, and it, it, he placed it in uh, Porsche County in the state of Missouri, Shannon County, 87% public property there, so the tax base base is pretty slim yeah. uh, the ozark national scenic riverways is there a couple other parks so it's a great mind yeah. set mind work mind accomplishment and overcome he's overcoming some economic setbacks there in exactly. that that county and if you want to get in echo bluff state park you're going to year yeah it's going to take you a year wow yeah that's crazy yep but it goes to show you what good planning and uh, good financial backing and all that sort of thing can accomplish. Exactly. So that's why Bill Bryan's going with me. Yeah. Uh, I, said, I have no idea what we're walking in, into. He's also a lawyer. So uh, I said, Bill, once the question starts, buddy, uh, 
once you make the first answer, don't look back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just start moving forward. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I hope to see him actually get a job with them and to help them in, in the planning and execution of, of plans. And, and hopefully he can help them come up with some funding as well because he, he certainly knows the exercise. Exactly. <laughs> That's another thing, you know, with our, Delta, with our bass club at Delta State, it offers our students to uh, – you know, take advantage of planning and getting out there and getting involved and getting in front and putting themselves in front and just showing everybody what we're all about and just kind of it teaches people how to speak publicly and, you know, just get out there and, you know, talk to people and market yourself and market the club. Boy, you hit the time. nail on the head. They didn't teach us that in school. Exactly. And, you know, you don't really get it very much at all now with the modern school. You know, like I said, we were doing Zoom. So right. <laughs> you don't really get out there and right. market things. You don't have – you know, in your face, face-to-face stuff and stuff like that anymore. Well, it's- I'm going to tell you one more success story, and we're going to wrap this up. All right. Right here at the uh, tournament that happened here on Lake Washington last weekend, a young, well, he's in his 40s, Brandon Jennings showed up. Mm-hmm. And that met him before in my life. He's from Louisiana, and I was doing a podcast with him, and he had a, some booklets with him. He laid one out in front of him. Well, this was after the podcast, and he had uh, – I wouldn't really call it a resume, but I, you could use it for a resume. All right. But he had a booklet made up of all everything he'd ever done in the outdoors, volunteer work, jobs, and he'd done a little work for Louisiana tourism. I, I never seen anybody do that before, and it was incredible. Had sharp pictures, sharp cover. I mean, it it was well thought out and well laid out. My next interview was with uh, Mike Jones of the Mississippi Tourism Department. And after the interview, Mike mentioned that he was looking for somebody to do part-time video work around the state of Mississippi. I showed him Brandon Jennings' resume, resume. portfolio, he called it. It was portfolio. And I made the statement that if I was looking for somebody, if I was an outdoor industry, I'd be talking to this young man. Mike Jones that runs the bait and tackle said basically the same thing. Before the day's over, that young man had a job. Wow. I mean, it happened that fast. Uh, and he's uh, put out some great PR material from the uh, event here. We've all, all been extremely pr- impressed with him and he's taken a has already taken a jump to start his own outdoor tv program going to travel all over the country wow and uh, of course we had people from gosh from missouri arkansas west virginia florida and other places almost all of us extended invitations to come to our state and we will hook you up wow and one of the things that you need to do particularly if young folks are going to get into outdoor communication join your local outdoor writers group we have the missouri outdoor communicators i belong to the southeastern outdoor press association the association of great lakes outdoor writers and i would have i've written books got into radio tv podcasts i would have never done any of that if it hadn't been for the encouragement i've received from the missouri outdoor communicators and we're getting to be a pretty old group Right, yeah. I mean, gosh, <laughs> average age is, I'm sure, above 60. <laughs> now, we get somebody like yourself come in, and we give out college scholarships every year. We get a young person come in that's interested in the field. Uh, we pretty much smother them to death with opportunities. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I mean, you got to have somebody that's to take the shoes and walk with them. <laughs> you do, but 
it's, I mean, we get sharp kids coming into our organization, and every state organization, I'm sure, would do the same thing for college students. And our, we even have in MOC have a uh, students don't have to pay the full membership fee. It's very little. I mean, I'm talking 15, 20 bucks or something. Oh, yeah, they can nice. get into organization, come to the uh, state convention every year, and you just meet all kinds of great people. And I can remember first time I got to rub elbows with Joel Vance. He was dead after Missouri Conservationist for 25 years. And Joel Vance is one of three human beings that ever received all three major awards from the Outdoor Riders of America Association. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. Pretty incredible. And I, I know I just sat with my mouth hanging open the first time <laughs> I got to see Joel Vance. But that's another thing. We You get to rub elbows elbows with some of your idols you know and you just watch information drip off their elbows you know and (laughs) pick it up but uh, that's the way it works uh in the outdoor uh, communications field it's a small tight-knit group wiggle your way inside do you uh uh, do you follow DeerCast by any chance put out by the juries? Uh, I don't think I follow the DeerCast yet. Right, it's a phone app, which they started about three years ago, and they've got over a million subscribers. Wow. A young man who's now my boss, I filmed him about four years ago killing a 19-point buck. Oh, wow. Uh, made an awesome video. He killed a couple nice uh, bucks a couple the next year. And uh, then the, another outdoor rider, Ray I, big-time turkey hunter, we kind of helped him a little bit. Then next thing I knew, he's working for Drury Outdoors as the editor of DeerCast and is now my boss. Wow. <laughs> so it's a small, tight-knit community, but it gets you out there and puts you in anywhere you want to go, pretty much. <laughs> exactly. There's such a big market for it, too. You know? It is. Just do your homework. Don't say, I'm just going to be this because i can guarantee you since i started all i want to do was be an outdoor writer but we all discovered and brad harris who invented the grunt call by the way wow. uh said many years ago i was talking to him at the bass pro shop one time asking him how things are going he said well you know things are diversifying if you want to survive in this market you got to have more than one widget to sell <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> so what you're facing in the in the future man is uh like you mentioned in the very beginning of the show, is selling yourself. And Matthew, uh, hey, for listening to you talk, I think you've got a bright future ahead of you, man. And it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Yes, sir. It's been a great pleasure to be here. It it never ceases to amaze me what young folks know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me on your show. Hey, I hope to meet you, meet up with you again sometime. No doubt. But folks, this has been Living the Dream Outdoors. Green Podcast. I'm Bill Cooper, and we're sitting right here on Lake Washington. And I'd like to say again, I thank the big Mike Jones from uh, uh, Bait and Things Tackle Shop. He is our newest sponsor of the podcast. Nice. I'm Bill Cooper. The Living the Dream Outdoors Podcast is brought to you by Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, The Fly Rod Journals, Westover Farms. Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. 
At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm, we live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.